and I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very, <gasps> no! It's a very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that- that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. Here we are at the season finale of Yay! Haunted AF season three. Boy, and it couldn't be coming at a better time, could it? I know, right? <laughs> I think we all just need kind of a break. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Break. While the world burns around us. I, yes. uh, you know, REM said I would be feeling much better about this moment. <laughs> That's a great point, and they lie. Sorry, I totally stole that from Twitter. How, <laughs> how are you doing? Rebecca and I have not spoken in like a solid week. How are you holding up? Honestly, my emotions have been all over the freaking place. Yeah. You know, I mean, I went from Saturday literally staying in bed pretty much all day trying to hide basically from the world around us. Yeah. Uh, and then waking up Sunday somewhere deciding like that's not the right answer. Right. And, you know, here we are. Just trying to make it through the week. I, I mean, honestly. And I think this is, it's a good time to take a little step away from the podcast and focus mm-hmm. on listening and being there and yeah. figuring out how we can help, how we can make a difference, and then listening some more. You know, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Keyword being listening and freaking empathy. Can people just get some empathy? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but we do have one big final episode to get through. Um, we are going to be coming back. It looks like the second Thursday in August. So you can keep in touch with us all during our break through social media. Of course, we're very active on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. Also, find us on Patreon, patreon.com. We have to say big thanks to our new patrons, longtime supporters, Jeff Young and Kelly Van Winkle. These guys have been there from the start. Love you both so much. Thank you, guys. And thanks also to those who upped their pledge amount just for the sake of it. Like, we didn't even ask people to do that. And That's awesome. I'm finding that out for the first time right now. And that's amazing. It really wow, is. I feel really special. Yeah. Thank you. It's just a way, another way of supporting the podcast. And you know, we also have some really, really good news. News we've been waiting on anxiously for months, it seems like. Uh-huh. We finally heard back from Chris Jericho. Yay! And I swear, are we bugged or something? Because I feel like he knows when we're kind of smack talking him behind the scenes and then he reaches back out, right? Yeah, yeah. well, he's got a lot of people. <laughs> he's got a big network. So it's entirely possible that somebody's like, hey, the Haunted AF chicks are talking shit about you again. You might want to, when are you going to run their podcast? So it looks like that's finally going to happen. It looks like the Haunted AF episode is going to be on Talk is Jericho. We'll air sometime this summer. We reached out to him about being uh, on our season finale. He wrote back saying, hey, I'm actually working on that day. But our show goes up in a few weeks. I'll make sure to plug it for you. So fingers crossed. Yay. Thank you, Chris Jericho, for all of your support. And again, that's another reason to be keeping up with us on social media, because we'll let you guys know when the Haunted AF episode runs on Talk is Jericho. Man, Chris Jericho, big deal, right? Awesome. I love it. So we want to send out a special thank you to everyone who has been so supportive of the podcast this extended season. And one of our favorite people, another podcast, our 
our spooky sisters up to the north, booze and bourbon. We actually have Kim on the phone right now. I am here. We couldn't talk to Jen today. Where is she? Is she working? She is. She's a hardworking girl. First of all, I have to say I'm really jealous of the new booze and bourbon merch. You guys (laughs) are killing it with the little Ouija board logo. Who made the logo for you? Did you design that yourself? I've been doing it all myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're amazing. Seriously. It's so. I've got some spare time, ladies. If you want me to do something up for you, I will gladly. Oh my God. Don't even say that. (laughs) You're hired. I was like, where do we sign up? Like, absolutely. (laughs) That Ouija board logo is fantastic. So, and you've got like pillows and t-shirts. If people want to find that, where do they go? Well, it's booze and bourbon, which is B-O-O-S-A-N-D bourbon.redbubble.com. You have something really big coming up. Is it this week or next? It's actually next week. So it's June 15th and I've been losing sleep over this because I am so excited. We have our very first Booze and Bourbon Facebook Live interview. We have a paranormal investigator who's really good friends with the homeowners of the original Conjuring House. (laughs) Yeah, so they bought the uh, Conjuring House last summer, and John Huntington is this guy's name. Really good friends with the owners, and he kind of like looks after the property and stuff when they're not there, and he's going to do the live stream from the house. So we're going to have an opportunity to ask questions. It's going to be so much fun. Cool. And you guys were really on top of the whole live stream that they did from the Conjuring house. What happened? Was there any like anything big that happened? It was really crazy because they had cameras set up in, I think, four or five different rooms. There were some serious technological malfunctions with the cameras, especially in the basement. But they had set up a broom next to a chair in the basement and the cameras went all wonky and then the broom fell in the basement. It was like, okay, that's strange. Yeah. And then this John guy was sleeping in one of the bedrooms and you could literally see the sheet being like tugged down by his feet. It was nuts. And then he was also doing a spirit box session and his nose started to bleed when he was asking a bunch of questions. And then there was also a time too where they had like gloves sitting in the sink in the kitchen and they were pulled right into the sink. So there's all these random things that people caught. And talk about orbs. There were orbs literally everywhere. Oh, the thing with the sheet, because that's one of the scariest parts of the whole movie Mm -hmm. to me when it kept pulling the sheets (laughs) down on her. Oh my gosh. So, okay, when is the Facebook Live going to happen? June 15th. I do will... have one more question about the Conjuring House. Like, sure. Do the, yeah. new owners, do the new owners actually live there full-time? Not full-time. They live there part-time. And okay. to my understanding, the husband, Corey, stays there by himself. Oh. And I'm just like, mm. I don't know how you could stay there by yourself. Because no. no. Is there things tugging at sheep? No, no Ooh. way in hell. And that's one of those yep. things that even if nothing was going on, I would convince myself that it was. Like, I would drive yeah. myself insane <laughs> in that house. Uh, do you have have any good scary stories for us? Have okay. you guys heard of the Rose Island Lighthouse? Mm, no. So the Rose Island Lighthouse is in Rhode Island. And I want to say like late 1800s, there was a cholera outbreak. And they used the island as a quarantine hospital. So a bunch of people died there. Also, the lighthouse keeper was apparently very fond of the area. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think ghost hunters and kindred spirits have gone there and keep getting mother or mama come through on EVPs. 
and then messages from this old lighthouse keeper. And he's very into talking with you. So if you go in there and you're like, hey, do you want to come down and talk to me? You'll probably get answers like, I'll come right down. Oh my I'll God. be right there. You guys need to come on our show and then you can drink bourbon or drink whatever with us and we can all be spooked together. Let's do Love that. It. Yes, let's plan it. Whenever you guys want, we'll do like a Zoom or something over the summer because that sounds awesome. Thank well, you so much for having me on today. Thank you, Kim. And again, that's the Booze and Bourbon podcast. You can Google Booze and Bourbon and give our love to Jen, okay? Will do. Thanks so much. You know, Rebecca, we didn't have a single voice memo story this week. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And that way we had a lot of emailed stories, some really great ones from all over the world. I think you've got one right now. This actually comes from Amanda and she just discovered our podcast through Ben from Dark History. Thank you, Ben. And she says, I'm so glad I found you guys. Just wish you weren't going on a break soon. Well, well there's plenty of other episodes that she can listen to. Maybe mm-hmm. a couple repeats in there. Yeah. Uh, she says, anyways, I wanted to share my mildly creepy story with you. So I used to be in the Navy and I was a hospital corpsman. Coincidentally, I was also stationed in Okinawa for two years and just listened to the podcast. That's the one we had. Was it last week or the week before? I don't know, but we did have an Okinawa story recently. Yeah. And she says, lots of ghost stories on that island, but my story actually takes place at a large naval hospital in Maryland. Naturally, this hospital has many ghost stories. The nursing staff claims to always see a figure walking down the ward right before the patient passes away. I worked in the recovery room, and on this particular day, it was just me and my lieutenant. There were no patients, so we were passing the time on computers, which were in a large empty room. We sat at the opposite ends of the desk that was probably about eight feet long, both using computers, and there was a small desk drawer right next to me. So there I am, Googling whatever, when that little desk drawer decides to slowly open itself all the way out and come to a slow stop. My lieutenant and I watched this tricky little drawer open itself, looked up, and gave one another the quiet, what the f*** was that look? (laughs) (laughs) Then I closed that bad boy and stayed away from the computer room for the rest of the night. (laughs) Now we have one from Brooklyn, and I hope we don't get Brooklyn in trouble for this one. She says, hello, I'm Brooklyn, and I am 10. I just Uh figured out your podcast with my mom. So my dad's sister died at 13 when my dad was seven years old. Years later, my uncle Zach saw me in the backyard talking to myself. He asked what I was doing, and I said, I'm playing with Auntie Tanya, who was my dad's sister. He went to my mom and said, who the hell is Tanya? And my mom explained that it was my dad's sister who died at the age of 13. I scared the fuck out of my uncle Zach. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I bet. (laughs) I wrote Brooklyn back and I said, hey, I think we'll tell your story this week. She was like, great, my mom and I will be listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds like she had mom approval, so that's good. Yeah, well, she scared the fuck out of Uncle Zach, so there's that. (laughs) Uh, So we have another story that comes from Myra and she's in Kentucky. I had a friend in high school, we'll call her Amy. She lived with her dad, Sam. One day while out with my mom, I got a call from Amy and she sounded frantic. She was at home alone in a spare room in the basement when the door shut behind her. There was no wind in there and you had to use some force to close the door. She opened the door and then called me. While I was talking with her, I heard a loud slam. Then she screamed and started running. She begged me to come get her. And when we did, she was trembling like a leaf and pale as a sheet. She was explaining what had happened to us when the blow dryer came on in her bathroom in the basement. Oh my gosh. I just got chills. And then she says, we got chills because we knew she was there alone. She went downstairs, turned off the dryer and ran back up to us. Then it turned on again. We all decided to go downstairs because my mom can sometimes see ghosts. Oh, well, that came in handy, didn't it? (laughs) 
uh, when, when Amy opened her room, my mom yelped and said, that big black thing scared me. What is that? We asked what she saw and she said, you know, that tall thing that almost reaches the ceiling. It's draped in a black cloth. What is it? Oh, my God. This is intense, man. She goes on to say we all went cold because nothing was there. Uh. So we hightailed it out of that house. And now the reason I mentioned Sam, her father, is that when we told him what happened, he said it was probably his demon. Oh, my gosh. The one that follows him. What? (laughs) I like... Okay, so she goes on to say he told us that he dabbled in devil worshiping when he was a teenager. Oh, my gosh. And something had followed him ever since then. So I told him to get a pastor or a priest in there pronto, and he adamantly refused because he said anything religious makes the paranormal activity worse. She said, I also asked how he knew it was a demon. He said that he had come home one day and saw a small creature in the bed. (laughs) So this is not the first time this has happened. Oh, my gosh. So I wish I could tell you if things still happen there. But this took place nearly 20 years ago, and Amy and I no longer speak to each other. Yeah, we got to find Amy. We got to oh find Amy. And we got to talk to Amy's dad because that's nuts. And I want to know more about this little creature that was on his bed. <laughs> Me too. There is a lot to unpack in this story. Yeah, we might need to get her on the phone because that's a really good one. Okay, Rebecca, you know what time it is? What? Dead Pat of the uh- Week. I'm so glad we actually have one to wrap up the season with. And Yay! yeah, this comes from Reese, She says, this isn't a creepy dead pet story, but it is heartwarming to me. And if anybody doesn't believe it, you are no fun and you must suck at parties. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says, my husband and I adopted our dog Bronson a little over three years ago. He was literally the best dog despite being abandoned and ending up in a shelter. We had issues trying to have a child and it took us a long time, but Bronson was always there to cheer us up. Unfortunately, in January of this year, we found out Bronson had lymphoma and within four days, even though we tried treatment, we had to put him down. We had him for less than three years, and he was only about six years old. Well, two weeks later, I find out I'm pregnant, and the conception date was on the mark of when we had to put Bronson down. I'm a big believer in reincarnation, and I truly believe that he is still with us in this baby, which is kind of weird and creepy, but you know what I mean. Love the podcast, Reese. I love this story so much. I do too. I don't think that's creepy at all. I think that's really sweet and wonderful. I think so too. I know. And I wrote her back and I told her congratulations. And then she sent me a picture of Bronson and he is the sweetest dog. I think we're just going to have to post a picture because it's the cutest dog. And she also just found out that they're going to have a baby boy. So congratulations. Keep us posted. All right, we got another email, and this one comes from Amber in Epson, which is just south of London. So, hello! (laughs) She says, when I was younger, I lived at 56 Castle Road, and I used to see a little boy dressed in Victorian clothes. He was never scary, but he still freaked me out. I was around nine at the time and would tell my mom and dad, but mom said, it's just a dream. So, when my brother was a baby, he used to look over my shoulder, and when I turned to see what he was looking at, It was the same Victorian boy. I told my mom and dad again, and they said it was just my imagination. Thanks, mom. So Amber decided to Google the road and ends up finding information about a large house the road is named after because it looks like a castle. It's still there. Because she lives on Castle Road. Right. So she found pictures of the people who had lived there, and wouldn't you know it, there was her little Victorian boy (laughs) on the Google machine. And we actually posted that picture on on all of our social media so that you can actually go and see him. Amber even sent some of the research she did, including a little tidbit about the people 
people who lived in the giant house and how they claimed it was haunted. Also, years later, her mom and sister admitted to seeing the boys, too. One thing Um, that's really cool about Amber is that her dad actually conducts ghost tours in London. No way! Yeah, so we're going to try to set up a Zoom interview between you and me and then Amber and her dad over the summer. So another reason to follow Haunted AF on Patreon because we will be posting that there. And can you imagine ghost tours in London, how incredible that would be? It sounds amazing, and I am excited to talk to them. Yeah, fingers crossed. Now, speaking of awesome ghost tours, now on the phone, we have Mike Brown, who not only conducts ghost tours in Charleston, South Carolina, he's also the host of the Pleasing Terrors podcast. Mike, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much for coming on our season finale. We've been kind of talking back and forth, you and I, for a little over a month now, and I was so excited when you were like, yeah, I'll come on the podcast, because Rebecca and I both have been binging lately. Your podcast is incredible with all of the stories and all of the research that you do. And I know we have a gazillion questions specifically about the Charleston Prison podcast, which is the one that Rebecca and I (laughs) both just finished. So first of all, do you still conduct ghost tours in Charleston, South Carolina? Sure. Just about every night. Okay. If people wanted to be on one of your tours, how would they do that? Well, I have a company called Old Charleston Walking Tours. You can just go to the website, oldcharlestontours.com and uh, purchase tickets there. I am curious, how did you even get into that profession? Well, uh, about 25 years ago, I uh, went on a ghost tour, or I went on a, a regular history tour, actually, and just thought, oh, that looks like a fun job, and decided I would become a tour guide. And uh, initially, I gave history tours, but within a few years, I started giving ghost tours as well. Was there a particular ghost story that you were like, this is the type of thing I want to share? Well, one of the things that really got me interested in the ghost stories was I was researching um, history for a Civil War tour and came upon an account of Union officers who were imprisoned in the old city jail. And uh, one of them talked about seeing this woman in the white dress in the middle of the night inside the jail, which was very strange and mysterious. And that was what really got me interested. Right. And then I got more interested in the ghost stories. So when you first started doing the ghost tours, was there like a defining moment that was like, yes, I'm in the right business. This is where I'm supposed to be. You know, for a long time, I didn't have any experiences myself. You know, I would get a lot of people on the tour that would share their experiences with me. And we would have some strange things happen on the tour from time to time. But it wasn't really until I spent the night inside the jail that I had my own full-on experience. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, In February of 2017, I stayed alone inside the old city jail in Charleston, which the old city jail, for anyone that's not familiar with it, is absolutely one of the creepiest looking buildings in Charleston. It's a a jail that dates back to 1802, and it's this huge, gothic-looking, you know, monster of a building. And it was used to imprison early on pirates, and during the Civil War, it was used to imprison U.S. soldiers. People were executed there for many years. They estimate by the time that jail had closed in the 1930s, about 10,000 people had died inside the building. Wow. And then it just sat empty for many, many years. 
And believe it or not, in 1999, the building was purchased by an organization that turned it into a school <laughs> called the American College of the Building Arts. And uh, in 2016, they moved out. And there's a company called Bulldog Tours that's given tours there. Mm-hmm. And in February 2017, I was the first person to ever spend the night alone inside the jail. Mm-hmm. You know, the jail has been on most of the big ghost shows on TV. Right. And it is a real hot spot for paranormal activity. But during the course of the night, when I was in there alone, you know, I would be on the ground floor and I could hear footsteps upstairs and I could hear voices and I could hear doors opening, closing. There would be these loud banging noises, like somebody was beating on the bars of a cell or something. Wow. One of the things that the jail is known for is people sometimes get attacked when they're in there. Specifically, what happens is they get scratched. Mm -hmm. And it's always three scratches, three parallel scratch marks. And the night that I spent the night alone there, like I said earlier, they give tours of the jail. And the last tour they gave that night, I was standing with the tour guide and a small group of people. And it was February. So everybody's dressed fairly warmly, jeans and sweatshirts and that kind of thing. And we're standing in all this room and there's a teenage girl in the group. And all of a sudden she just grabs her leg and starts screaming. And the girl had three parallel scratch marks all the way down the inside of her leg. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was about 15 minutes after that that they left me alone oh, <laughs> in the jail. Did you, did you sleep at all? No, 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 no. That was way too intense of a place. I love that you say it was way too of an intense place. And then you decided to go back. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a Ouija board yeah. this time. Yeah. Yeah. That was a mistake. Um, it wasn't my idea to start with, but I mm-hmm. definitely went through with it. There were two uh, listeners to the podcast contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in going back to the jail with a Ouija board. And I had never used a Ouija board before. But when this couple asked about using the Ouija board inside the jail, I thought, oh, that'd make a good episode for the show. So we did some research beforehand, and there are certain rules that you want to follow. One of the things that we had researched was if it goes to the end of the letters or the end of the numbers and it starts to go backwards, you're supposed to immediately stop using the Ouija board and close it out. Yeah, I had never heard that before. Me either. Yeah, that was just something I randomly stumbled across. And the night that we used the Ouija board, there was some controversy around that. I wasn't sure they would even let me take a Ouija board in there at first. Right. But ultimately, they did. And we just decided to go to the worst room inside the jail, which is called the creepy door room. It's just an empty room with nothing in it. We just have a couple of chairs and this couple is sitting there with the Ouija board in their lap facing each other. And I'm standing next to them Facebook living it. If anybody ever is interested in seeing the videos on the uh, Facebook group for the podcast, it's called Terrified. Uh, there are the Facebook live videos of the Ouija board session. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, we uh, need to see that. This couple, James and Jordan were their names. They start asking questions. Is there anyone there? Is there anyone that wants to talk to us? And the planchette moves to the word yes. And then James asks, are you alone? And the planchette moves to the word no. And then he asks, what do you want? And it spells out the word free. Free? Free, F-R-E-E. Like, let me out, basically. Will you ever use a Ouija board again after that? No, because exactly a week after that night in the jail, I drove to Louisville, Kentucky to do a live show for the podcast. 
and I took the Ouija board with me. The next day, which was Sunday, April 29, 2018, I was driving back to Charleston and uh, in the oncoming lane, an SUV veers into my lane and hit me head on. Oh my God. So it was this really awful car accident and everything in the car was destroyed except for the Ouija board. And at <gasps> that point I was like, yeah, I'm dead. Wait, were you injured? Oh yeah, fairly severely, but I, I recovered. What did you do with the Ouija board? Obviously you got rid of it. The day after the accident, my wife had come to pick me up and before we came back to Charleston, we went to the lot where they had towed the car to mm-hmm. see what we could salvage. But uh, when we look in the trunk, there's the Ouija board. And at that point, my wife said, yeah, that's not coming home with us. And so that was the last time I saw it. In that podcast episode, you mentioned that they were only doing tours for a few more months and that it was eventually going to be converted into office spaces. That was a few years ago. So I assume it has been converted. Well, actually, that sort of limbo continued for quite a while. So it was only at the end of this past March that they finally closed the jail to begin the process of converting it into office space. Hmm. And that was expected to take anywhere from a year to two years. Oh, my God. We'll be able to find out if uh, something's going on. Generally speaking, a lot of times when you renovate places yep. like that, it makes it worse. Right. Uh-huh. And the jail is already really bad. So I can't imagine what's going to happen. Tell us again the name of that particular episode on the Pleasing Terrors podcast. I've done three. I've done a, did a two-part episode on the jail initially from the time I spent the night there. And that is called Condemned. Later on, I did a follow-up episode where we went back with a Ouija board, and that was called Creepy Door Room. That's the one that Rebecca and I just listened to. Uh-huh. Again, the podcast is Pleasing Terrors, and you can go to pleasingterrors.com for more information. Mike, what is the name of your tour in Charleston again? Uh, the company is called Old Charleston Walking Tours, and the tour is the Pleasing Terrors Ghost Tour. And when we finally get on the, the haunted AF ghosty road trip, one of these days, we'll come out I and know, see right? you. I know, right? We have so many places to check off. <laughs> yes, I know. And we need to go find the creepy door room inside whatever office building the prison has become at that point in time. Yep. Can you imagine if that becomes somebody's office? That's terrifying. You know it's going to at some points. Yep. Mike Brown, Pleasing Terrors Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here on our season finale. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, just real quick, we want to remind everybody, Haunted AF will return with season four August 13th. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. And in the meantime, that's how you're going to keep in touch with us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to keep you posted on the Haunted AF episode with Chris Jericho's podcast. We'll let you know when that's going to air. And we're also going to continue sharing content on our Patreon page. So please, if you want to hear exclusive stuff, become a Patreon at patreon.com. And you can also support the podcast by picking up some merch. You can find that in our online store at hauntedaf.com. But the best way to support the podcast is with your scary stories. Ghosts, yes, UFOs, please. Bigfoot, whatever you've got, send it to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com and we will share it all in season four of Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we gotta thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.